Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Girl CEO Podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. My name is Ronnie Brown, and I'm the author of Amazon's best-selling book, From Mopping Floors to Making Millions, and was once a teen mom turned millionaire business mentor. I created my Girl CEO community for women like you. Girl CEO, you are a trailblazer, a creative, an innovator, a boss, and a woman who knows that she deserves more. Join me each week while we uncover what it truly takes to be your own boss and become a successful Girl CEO. And don't worry, sis, I got you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Girl CEO podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. I'm super excited today because I have my sister with me owner and CEO of Mess in a Bottle. Sis, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, everyone. My name is Kalila Wright. And as Ronnie said, I'm the owner and founder of popular t-shirt brand Mess in a Bottle. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to create your brand. So Mess in a Bottle, we started in 2016, shortly after the Freddie Gray uprising in Baltimore. So Freddie Gray, an African-American male, he died while in police custody. So this really prompted me to want to give a voice to the voiceless. I wanted to do something within my community. And so starting Mess in a Bottle as an apparel brand, you know, that was very vocal and it gave, you know, people a purpose. And um, and I wanted people to see a message and be able to stand in solidarity with each other while, you know, someone's passing you in the street. You're like, all right. Yes, I know that you understand how I feel. Um, So, you know, Mess in a Bottle was really birthed during a lot of chaos. Um, but you know, what better way to connect with people than with messages? Love it. Love it. So when you started messing the bottle, what was your initial vision for it versus where it has gone today? You know, I think when I first started, I thought that it was going to be a t-shirt company. I was working for a sports retail apparel company, but as an architect, cause my background is in architecture. And I just thought like, you know, I knew it wasn't a hobby because I didn't start it out just, you know, (laughs) hustling and trying to. But I just knew that I had a bigger purpose. So to be honest, I didn't know what it was going to become. But I knew that like something, a force was really pulling me in a direction. And I was comfortable at my six figure nine to five job. um, But it still felt like I was struggling to make ends meet. And I was like, this can't be it. I was a young mom. You know, my son was only two at the time and I was going through a divorce and I was just like, all right, this cannot be it for me. So I was just like, I don't know what's on the other side of the door, but I was like, I got to walk through. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed with women is normally after they go through like a devastating season in life, it's like we come back so, so much stronger. Um, How was it coming out of that and then deciding that you were going to follow your dreams and build a brand? Was it difficult? You know, I think going through a divorce, I was building this brand in the midst of all of the, you know, just like with the riots and the uprising in the midst of the chaos. So I think for me, um, I just knew that, again, this purpose, this thing that I had to do, 
It was bigger than all of the bullshit that I was going through and all of the bullshit of the world and what was happening around me in my community. And I just, you know, I stayed focused. Um, and I just told myself, like, you know, make it one year and make this business um, enough for you and your son to survive. You know, I told myself, keep a cell phone on, be able to feed him and keep a roof over my head. And those were like the only three stipulations and everything else. I was like, if I got to stay with a friend during this time, that's what I was going to do. And so I think that I've always been super motivated, dedicated. And, you know, and I don't think that there's anything that I think I can't do. So for me, this was just another one of those. So even though I was going through this tough time, I think that I just continued to show up for myself. And that was important. I love it. One of the things that I love was the fact that you started your brand while working in corporate America. And right now on Instagram, everyone's like, quit your job, you know, (laughs) fire your boss. I'm out of here. And I get so many entrepreneurs that ask me, Ronnie, when do you know that it is the right time to leave your job? So today I'm going to ask you that question. Since when did you know that it was time for you to hit it? (laughs) So I might. So this is what I tell everybody on social media. Your journey is your journey. Don't go off of my journey. My journey is super different. And I might be comfortable with a repo, with eviction notice, with things that like, you know, and when I say comfortable, it's not that I was okay with it, but I was willing to take those risks. And because I just knew that I would be able to repair, I knew that when I jumped out the window, I would eventually fly. And not everyone is comfortable in that state. Some people break down and they're like, look, I can't have even a late notice come in, you know, and it's difficult. So I think for me, um, I remember reaching out to a friend um, that was an entrepreneur at the time. And I said, hey, I'm ready to like leave my job. I don't know. You know, and this was just messing about. It was probably one month in. And right. I was just like, you know, because I was trying to at night, you how, know, how long, did you say after one month after one whole Ooh, month? Girl but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you. And I'm not the as I said, I'm not the person encouraging anyone to leave their nine to five. Do what's comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a month in after launching the company, I said to my friend, I'm like, because at night I was trying to raise my two year old by myself. And then I was trying to do T-shirts at night. I was hustling, running to the mall on the weekends, trying to get it made. And it just didn't make sense. And I was like, okay, there has to be a better way at this. And I called a friend and I said, you know, what can I do to to launch this? And, you know, when do you think I should leave my nine to five? And they gave me stipulations. They said, raise ten thousand dollars. You know, do you have this much in the bank? Do you have this? And I was just like, Dad, I don't have any of those things. And I was like, I don't think that, you know, and I just told myself it's either now or never. Wow. And I again, I gave myself those stipulations. If the business makes you money, I said, if it doesn't make you money, the worst thing that can happen is you can go back to being an architect. <laughs> OK, OK, because well, I had my education and I had my knowledge. And that was something that no one could take from me. (laughs) Now, make sure y'all caught that part because sis was already making six figures and she has her her knowledge. (laughs) It's a little different. Right. It's a little different. We got a smidge. Just a smidge. We got to make sure in there in in perspective so people understand. But I told myself that and I said, you know, I know how to survive. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from the streets. I understand survival. So even when I left my nine to five, I did still do odd ends. I was working Uber. I was driving at night in <laughs> Baltimore it. City. Wow. At, like my son would fall asleep and I would drive at night. 
And that's to build how, this business, to build this business wow. and to sort of make sure that we were good, you know, that rent was paid and that I kept the roof over our head. And, you know, and so, again, it's all about the sacrifice and it's all about the uncomfortable state. Um, so, you know, that's what I continue to encourage people. It doesn't it's it's your journey. Yeah. And that was just part of my story. If you decide to stay at your nine to five and make sure that you save a little every paycheck so that you're comfortable, that's what you do. Don't let anybody dictate to you how you're. But I know for me, if I did not jump, that I probably wouldn't have been here today. A year after I left my nine to five, I was on TV with Mark Cuban. Wow. And that wouldn't have happened if I was still at my nine to five. It wouldn't because my hustle was different because my back was against the wall. I knew that there were certain things I would have I had to do. So I was hungry. What got you in that room? Let me tell you, what got me in a lot of rooms is the fact that I have, as a founder, I have the type of mentality where you spit at spitballs on a wall, you spit through a straw <laughs> until something sticks. <laughs> okay. And no, it's true. I read a book. It's called the, um, the Messy Middle. And the book said that. It says there's founders who will just continue spitting at the wall and it, something's eventually going to stick. And for me... You know, one of my girlfriends, she was on um, a TV show and it was the Harry Connick Jr. show. And she said, hey, girl, they're doing a casting call. They have an entrepreneur. I don't know who's going to be, but you might be a good fit. And (laughs) I've only been in business for a year at that point. Wow. And I was like, I'll interview. And, you know, and I did. And they called me back and I said, oh, shit, they, they about to fuck up and have me on TV, <laughs> <laughs> on national TV at that. Okay. I got a nasty bob wig because I wasn't ready to show off this low cut. So I let my homegirl do me little way. You know what they call it? 27 pieces. And <laughs> I had my wig ready. Okay. I hated that. I'm so mad at myself. Every time I watch it, I be like, girl, you ain't need that wig. Listen, it's nothing worse <laughs> but, than looking back at like old pictures and yes. videos. And you like, and you just ask yourself like, what the fuck was I thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> but you know what? You know, I was in, I was like, I don't know if America is ready for this black girl. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I ended up, you know, they picked me and the day, maybe like the day before. And of course, I love Shark Tank. So, yeah. you know, Mark Cuban was one of my favorite entrepreneurs. Um, so the, the minute they said that I was going to be on national television with Mark Cuban, I was just like, wow. And this was a journey. And I was able to even, you know, ask him important questions about my business mm-hmm. on national television. And one of the advice and things that he said to me on the show was remain as a T-shirt company for five years. He wow. said, anything you want to do, let the world know who and what Messing a Bottle is. He wow. said, after that, if you want to venture out, because I was at, I wanted to do beverage, I wanted to do all kinds of other stuff. He was like, Messing a Bottle is a T-shirt company. Let the world know you for that. Mm. And that's what I did. And, you know, secretly, that's, that's advice that stuck with me. And five years later. We're here now. Wow. Whatever it is that you're doing, he said, do it for five years straight. Yes. Don't try to branch off and do a whole bunch of other stuff and confuse your audience. Mm -hmm. He's like, let people know who you are, what you do, what your company is about and stay focused. And, and that's what I did. And you then can you can diversify. Pivot. Yes. And go in whatever direction, adding different products, services, whatever it Correct. is. But make sure that you stay there 
yes. for the brand awareness yep. for five years. Okay, Mark, that yep. was a good one. Was there anything else that you took from that conversation? You know, I think that um, being on national television as well, it was an interesting ride because what I was able to see during that time is now I got white women in Kansas buying mess in a bottle. Wow. And, you know, and I think the strong brand identity at that point, when you saw me on television, I was using these glass bottles from Ikea and hand printing all of them. Wow. And so the fact that five years later, we now manufacture and create our own plastic bottles and, you know, and we've gotten it's so much elevation. So I think that, you know, it helped me to put like a timestamp on what I was doing and really grow the brand because every time it plays on, it played on TV, you know, we would see a surge in wow. orders and people. And so it really allowed me to see sort of what branding does, how, you know, how positioning yourself, how that can help to transform your brand. Love it. And what would you say is really important as far as doing your research? Because, you know, like you said, you were running to the stores, buying T-shirts, putting your messages on them, um, doing the hat stamping on the T-shirts and doing the hat stamping on these hand uh, these these bottles you were getting from Ikea and they weren't yours. And right. you were like, put yourself on and like. How serious is it to do stuff like that before yeah. you start businesses? Well, I think that, you know, as you grow, you start to realize that if you want the brand to get to another level, if you want the brand to evaluate, to evolve and for things to grow and, you know, and for you to scale your business, you know, I, I basically was going to Ikea and things were sold out. The bottles were <laughs> sold out. And so I, I caught myself driving a jersey one time from Baltimore trying to like hustle and find bottles. And it was just like, this can't be it, you know? So I had to really evaluate where I wanted my brand to go and have it in my control. So now these are what I'm creating. So even the same thing, like you said, hot stamping t-shirts, if it's not your brand and you're trying to rip tags out and, you know, and all kinds of stuff, it's just like, you want to have control of your business. Yeah. And so many people, don't understand the time and effort that entrepreneurs put in to find their vendors and their resources. I just see people just pulling up in your DM. Way, right. They just pull up in your DM like, sis, who's your vendor? Like, yeah, that's what they do. How do you feel about stuff like that? It depends. I think for me, um, I'm a very transparent, similar to you, like very, you know, give it all type of person. And what I'm realizing is I could tell you the vendors, I could tell you where, how, who, what, but you're not going to do it. Yeah. It's not going to hit the same. It's definitely not going to hit the same. Your magic is your magic. It is. And I think once you have full, you know, confidence in that, um, I'm willing to share a lot. There's stuff, though, that I am realizing if it's proprietary to my company, I cannot shit right. I cannot share that, you know. So when people pull up and say, who's your bottle by? I'm like, no, ma'am, not that part. You know, like, I'm like, I just can't it's give boundaries. you everything. It's right. Boundaries. You know, I'm like, I could tell you who my lawyer is. I could tell you who, you know, what T-shirt vendors I like to use. I could yeah. share certain things. But I definitely know that there are boundaries. There's lines. And there's things that's just proprietary. You have to understand McDonald's is never going to give you their sauce. Yeah. And how many years in business are you right now? Where are you at? So we are five years. We just hit five years this All year. All right. Yeah. And so it feels like much longer than, um, you know, it probably is. But um, it's been a ride. We've had so much happen in five years. So much. Since I have walked 
into into Target. And I'm like taking video like, my friend is in Target. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about that because it's not every day that you see a black woman, you know, that you know and you have a relationship with when your product hits those big box stores. Like, how did that feel? Hey, best friends. Did you know that Green Chef makes it easy to eat the immune boosting foods you need to stay healthy and fuel a jam pack into summer? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. So premium ingredients like organic veggies and high quality proteins are a given. My personal favorite Green Chef recipe is the creamy Italian sausage soup. I posted it the other day on my Instagram stories and it was so delicious. It was ready in under 15 minutes and the instructions were super easy to follow. Go to greenchef.com slash girlceo100 and use code girlceo100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash girlceo100 and use code GIRLCEO100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. And remember, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing the wrong candidates for a job opening could be time better spent growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. One of the things that I love about LinkedIn is they have so many professional people who are really qualified for the position. On LinkedIn, you can create a job post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 750 million people. You can also focus on candidates with skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you like to interview and hire. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Do you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash girlceo. That's linkedin.com slash girlceo to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Slow is just right if you're on vacation, a sloth, or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration, difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one financial system because NetSuite gives you your visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of survey businesses increased their visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. Well, guess what? Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financial program only for those ready to switch today. Head to netsuite.com slash girlco right now. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash girlco. 
netsuite.com slash girl CEO. It was happy um, because I know how much of a sacrifice that it took for us to, you know, get here. And so the biggest lesson I've learned with even brands and, you know, major retailers like Target is Target came and knocked on my door. Mm. I didn't knock on Target's door. And every a lot of these opportunities working with BET, working with Black Enterprise, working with Essence. You know, like they've saw me. I've been vending by myself. I've like struggled. I've my son and I, we've been on the road together and I've just continuously showed up even on the days when I didn't want to. And I think that that is the reasons that, you know, companies I had no idea like Target was checking for me. And so when that's what I was going to ask you, like how we have so many women that are going to watch this podcast and listen to this podcast. How does that happen? You know, because everyone, no one tells the secret. Everyone's yep. like, yeah, I'm in Target. But then I hear like getting in Target is not easy. Right. right? It's hard. What does that process look like? And how do you get the attention of a brand like Target? I would say working with um, Essence for mm-hmm. a couple years, you know, Essence works with big Uh, retailers target they work with walmart they work with you know so they've positioned themselves um as a black-owned business and having richard lou dennis you know kind of drive some of this traffic and attention to black women brands and um i've always been selected as a vendor you know for a lot of these events and so i was a vendor at essence fest for about two years and i met a black woman black jamaican woman um, at Target, I mean, at this event mm-hmm. uh, with at Essence Fest. And so she, you know, we exchanged information. She said, you know, keep up the great work. And she left me on my way. And she has been watching me for several years. Wow. And she made sure that, and, you know, even speaking to her, she said, I was waiting for the right time. She was like, you know, it wasn't the right time when I met you three years ago. And, you know, And so she said, now feels right. So when she made that call, she was like, we've been working on this for some time. And we think that you would be an excellent person to really like kind of lead the Black History Month campaign for Target for, you know, 2021. And I was shocked because, you know, again, I don't not that my messages are out there, but, you know, we don't tread the fine line like we say what we're going to say. We give the messages. And so the fact that Target was, you know, they were 100 percent, you know, supportive <laughs> and they was like, don't come here with no cookie cutter, cute yeah. messages. They were like, be you. Yeah. We picked you. We wanted you to give what we, you know, know you can give. And um, and I think that, you know, they did a special like sort of pilot program with our company to produce and create. And, you know, and we worked together for a couple of months to make this happen. And it was. You know, one of the the most amazing things, I think, to walk into Target with my son Mm. and for him to see the work we've done in five years and to see what it looks like now. And um, I think that made me really proud. Yeah, I walked in and I got me a few T-shirts off the stand and I was like taking pictures in front of the stand. And one of the things that I appreciated in that moment and I even appreciate now is that you stay true and authentic to who you are. Right. And, and we have messages and things that are important to us. And you have your merch and, and Girls Hill, we have our merch and you helped us, you know, even get our merchandise and 
in shape. So shout out to you for that. I Thank love you. And you. I appreciate of course, you. Always. Um, but one of the things that I noticed about even you being in Target is the fact that you're you haven't tone switched in your messaging for certain products to go into certain stores. Like even we're shooting right now and in the merch is like, I'll grow your own bullshit. And you have not tone switched. So I want to kind of talk about that because sometimes as black owned businesses, we get in certain environments and we stop talking the way we talk. Right. We don't right. our twang this is, you know, it disappears and we, you know, we have to elevate our pitch a little bit and we're not true to ourselves. Right. How important is it to you to make sure that you are displaying that, but you are also sharing that message with up and coming op- entrepreneurs? You know, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. Okay. I'm not afraid <laughs> to wear blue hair, you know, a pink wig when I'm ready, wearing gold bottoms. Like I might have been born with gold bottoms. Like that's how <laughs> I that's how I feel. And I've been in an environment for many years, like in architecture, where, you know, I've had a lot of white males kind of tell me I don't look like an architect. I don't feel like a designer. I don't, you know, and society and sort of America tries to tell you what you're not. And so for me, I think that it's been really important for me to kind of push this narrative that I can be whoever the fuck I want to be. Yeah. And you can't tell me just because I have gold bottoms in, or you can't tell me because, you know, I'm the girl from Brooklyn and I act like whatever, or that I rep Baltimore or whatever, that I can't be her. You know, I think one of the things that um, I gained um, working at a large sports retail company, I worked for Under Armour for many years. And Kevin Plank, he used to do these major events where, you know, he would do town halls. And I remember looking up one day and saying, I want to be that. I want to drive my company. I want to I want a billion dollar company. And there's nothing stopping me from doing that and being that. And that's kind of the motivation and, you know, and that's the energy that I bring. And I want them to know that the girl from Brooklyn on the stoop that used to braid hair is still the girl that's in Target. And that's the voice that I give every time I'm on social because um, just because I have, you know, education and just because, you know, I may look a little polished when I'm ready, you know, I'm like, I'm no different than to me, the average person on the corner hustling, shooting dice and trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, my hustle just looks different. And so I want Target to know that people to know that like my shit ain't different. You know, I just had this little small like window that I kind of pushed myself through and like I chose a different path. Um, But I'm still here for my homeboys that's, you know, locked up that hold guns because they have to on their block. Like that's still a part of who I am. And I never want that to change because I don't want anyone to think that just because I have a Penn State degree and an architecture degree that I'm no different at all. I love that. And why do you think, I mean, why do our people feel like we have to tone switch? Why do we feel like we can't be ourselves? Because it's easier to be accepted. It's Mm -hmm. easier. You know, like I think a little bit of mine is it comes from art. Like I'm an artist. So I think artists, whether you're black, whether you're white, whatever, like a lot of artists, like they get hated on because they got the pink hair. They got the punk rock <laughs> yeah. look, you know, so they've already, they got the tattoos all over their body. So they've already, you know, developed some type of discrimination in a sense where people feel like, oh, gosh, they're coming yeah. into the space, you know. So I think like I try to give a little bit of all of that, yeah. like I encompass all of that. 
And so I think it's easier to be accepted. Um, But what I learned through my journey when I was working as an architect and stuff, it's like, you know, I think that I wanted to be accepted in the architecture world. And it was funny because the minute that I sort of crossed over and started creating and saying messages, people were like, oh, my God, that is so good. And I was like, really? I'm just saying what I normally would say. And I was like, damn, look at that. Like for all these years, I was hiding or trying to not to be something that I'm not. And the minute that I like let loose and I'm like, it's me, the world loves me for it. So it just makes me more and more like I need to I try to make sure to the core that I'm being who I am. Yeah. And I think so many of the women entrepreneurs especially need to know and understand because the the biggest question I get is, Ronnie, well, how do I stand out? Well, you stand out by being yourself. Right. Because, baby, if there's one thing that no one can do or be is you. Correct. No one can do you the way you do you. Right. So I just think it's really important. People are always trying to find ways to be like so unique, so different, like and outdo the next. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, if y'all do one more gender reveal in like, you know, jumping off a lake into a boat, you know, helicopter. Right? We don't need to like you can be, you know, simply yourself, simply beautiful, simply, you know, and, and that's what I try to exude for me. I'm like, uh, you know, I embrace my own beauty. I yeah. embrace like what I do, how I feel like I'm like. I'm just trying to be me and that's it. And I create my own magic. If nobody's looking, if nobody's watching, I'm like, I feel like the most sexiest, beautiful, you know, quirky person in the world. And that's all I strive to be. Yeah. And people see you now, you know, you have a beautiful story and you're working with Essence and your brand is in Target. And it's just crazy because this is just you starting and saying, I am going to start a t-shirt brand. But let's talk about some of the trials and some of the things that you experienced. Was there any any uh, moment in this journey where you were like, I don't know if this is going to work or, you know, I'm, I'm done with this? Because I think that on the outside, people just think that we wake up every day. Right. And we're superheroes and we love what we do, you know, and you're happy. And what is what would that moment if we had to go back to that moment where you were just like, man, this is this this is it. So, I mean, the biggest moment, um, so about three years ago, two years ago, um, I was in an armed robbery here in Baltimore. Whoa, okay. Let's yeah. Get, let's I, get real. I know. And I'm <laughs> like, you know, I don't, it's one of those that, um, you know, there's always a message in in the the situations. And so I was in an armed robbery. I opened my very, very first shop, which is like one quarter the size of this shop. And um. I was in my store and it was an armed robbery and it was one of the most devastating and real, um, you know, it it did a lot of mental damage. And, you know, and so for me, I remember like I was just like I have a child. My son is only probably three at the time, four at the time. And I was just like, you know, this is just this I don't need this you know Mm. I could be at a corporate space you know sitting at my cubicle and doing drawings and feel safe and so I remember um you know thankfully being able to leave without being hurt um and I just was like ready to give up and um you know I had a lot of celebrities and people who ended up hearing about the robbery and everyone decided to you know, really pour into me and 
and you know people from Zimbabwe started um ordering like mm-hmm. I had because I told them I was gonna shut down a shop it's gonna I would because I couldn't even work in a space after it happened I been and it was you know it was definitely it was a tough time and I had so many people pour into me and they were like you have to keep going and what I realized about the robbery though it was extremely devastating um what I realized was just that the robbery represented like a death in a family. Wow. It it represented the divorce that I went through. It represented if you're, uh, you know, if you have a spouse and they got sick or if you're, you know, if your mother, if somebody passes away, like, you know, whatever it is, like it's things that really you weren't expecting. You don't know what's about mm-hmm. to happen and it hits you. And all of us will fall on our ass no matter what. You know, this is life. These are the journey. This is the story. And so for me, um, I realized like you determine how long you want to stay down. You determine if you want to get back up again. And I remember Bazoma St. John, you know, she came to visit me shortly after the robbery. And she said, if you don't want to get back up, you that's okay. Mm -hmm. You could take some time. And I was like, no, you know, like I'm like, you know, I took two days and, you know, and I went to therapy, though, because it took me probably like a year to really resolve emotions through the robbery. And, you know, and I think just the support of the community, the community really showed up for me. So there's people who've been following me since then that know about this, that, you know, and they see now, like, again, a lot that. So this thing wasn't built in, you know, in just a day like there was there's been a lot through this journey. But I think it really just taught me that, you know, no matter what it is, you have to really still show up and you have to do, you know, follow your heart. Well, I hope you got your gun license now. <laughs> Listen, I, you know what? I still don't want to. We gotta but I, have our gun I, I license know, I know. And, you know, I just moved, bought a new house. And, you know, everybody's saying the same. They're like, you have to. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fine. So Listen. I'm getting there. Listen, it's like, go grab you a stick, sis. Right, right. Listen, I'm Jamaican, a machete, okay? You put a machete behind the door, I might still survive, okay? Yeah, because, you know, you have your son, it's yeah. dangerous. But, yeah. you know, I'm so glad that you came out of that. And Thank you. it just didn't break you. Yeah. Because being a woman and, and being alone, I think for women, you know, the most important thing for us uh, is to feel safe, not yes. even just in business, but mm-hmm. in relationships, you know, which takes me to my next question, because you have so much going on. You have how many employees do you have right now? 16, 16 employees. Uh, everything is happening from events to, you know, Essence and Target and Mark Cuban. You know, how are you juggling being a successful black woman and finding love again? I'll tell you, I don't love these hoes. no I'll you know I think that where I'm at right now you know I think with relationships what I've learned I have good people around me Mm -hmm. I'll say that um but I am in a space where Truthfully, when I'm on either when I was trying to like date and on these apps and all these other things, I was oh, just so like, you was on a dating app, girls. Sex? Look, my friends would be like, "Why is messing a bottle thinking that you could just be on these apps swiping?" They're like, "No." What app was you I, on? Look, uh, don't even get me. I definitely wasn't on Plenty of Fish. Like that was, and I wasn't my on nobody Tinder. My mom is on Plenty of Fish. Look, I cannot. These apps, they they not real. They just not real. I can't. Like they the, the people cannot. They out here playing 
And so, you know, for me, what I realized, um, and it's a beautiful space to be in. I'm not desperate at all. And I don't even want any, I'm so protective over like who I am now. And I just know how allowing the wrong person in your space Mm. can really mess you up. And And I've done that. And so now I'm in such an amazing space where I'm like, I don't even like I'm whispering around around men. I'm like, I don't even want you to know how amazing I am because I just don't want. I want you to show up as who you are. Yes. Because if I tell you too much, I have gone on, I might get the representative because you might have some intentions. Yeah. You might need some bills paid. You might, you know, (laughs) you might have some different things going on. So how do you show up? I, you know, I, so it's real funny because I'm telling you, if somebody's like hitting on me, like a guy has to really be like, sis, I'm, I want to take you out. I don't want to know about your business. And I've really found some really good people who are like, I don't care about that stuff. I want to know who you are. Yeah. And that has really been, um, you know, it's been great. Like, and so I'm, I'm dating, I'll hang, but I'm really focused on the business, yeah. to be honest. I'm, I'm focused on the business and focused on my future and just really trying to, um, you know, figure out what that, um, you know, what that looks like for me. I, listen, I believe in God and I feel like if somebody's going to come and really steal my time and attention, they will. Love it. Love yeah. it. And do you feel like it's important for you to date someone who uh, is as successful as you are, you know, as successful i'm trying or to find does that matter because i hear no, people say money I'm doesn't between, matter i'm in between no um stability matters mm. you know um i'm in between i feel like i don't stability need stability matters stability Ooh, matters put that, put that on a t-shirt yes it does it's that's a, a big, message it is it is because i think that um stability when when a man is stable He's also probably confident and stable within himself, even if he doesn't make as much, even if he doesn't do as much. Um, and I don't like flashy money anyway. I'm very I'm like, I'm t- yes, I'm like, you don't even know how many zeros, you know, I got in the 18. Like, I like that in the bank. You know, I like yeah. that. And so for me, um, I'm just uh, I'm waiting my turn. I'm just seeing I, you know, I'm the type of person where I have a son. Um, and I really would like to see, you know, I'm more concerned with someone great character, someone who's going to help show my son the world, someone yeah. who's going to take care of me because they know I struggle with taking care of myself sometimes. For sure. Like, you know, someone who will let me take my cape off and hold it and be like, you good. Someone who will let me shine mm. and not feel like they need to be in a spotlight, mm. too. Oh, like, wow. you know, so. For me, I'm okay with like, you know, at this time, like maybe no one being there at that because Mm -hmm. I don't want I don't want somebody who's not supposed to be there taking up space. Yes. Yes. And you have to date your business is where I tell people this all the time, like how you date in relationships. Just the same as you have to build that relationship, you're building a business, you have to nurture your business. Um, Are there any things that you would say you wish you would have known when starting? your business, whether it's, you know, different apps that you would have used, some software um, (laughs) before we wrap up, because there are so many women who have simple ideas, you know, and they think that it has to be more than what it is. What things would you have wish you used or known when initially starting this process? Um, So two things I always tell people start you know, um, make the mistakes because the mistakes are going to come no matter how much you try to mitigate and avoid, you know, they're Mm going to happen. So make the mistakes. 
Um, and then I would say the biggest like kind of software or thing that I would want um, that I wish I'd known was to separate my finances and to really like focus on the money. Like, you know, look at the money and see like what's really coming in, what's really going out. And, you know, and when you have a handle mm. on the money early, wow. it makes it easier later when there's a lot of zeros. Because when a lot starts to happen and you don't have control over that, (laughs) it becomes a big mess. Okay, And so I think that that's the bigger thing. Separate your finances. Stay up on your taxes. You know, you've shared some great information about like business credit and, you know, and doing the things. I think that stuff is major because it will help dictate how you do in business. Those taxes will creep up on you real quick. Fast. Okay. (laughs) What are some of your favorite apps um, in social media platforms? Um, some of my favorite apps that I use. So I use Type Typorama since I do a lot of text, a lot of words, mm-hmm. you know, so that's big for me. Um, you know, I'll just so I use um, Gusto for payroll and stuff. And I love that um, as well as I use Bench is one mm-hmm. of my other financial apps that um, I use. And it's really good. Um I think I don't do too, too much. Oh, I love um, InShot. Mm. InShot is my app. I love with InShot the whole, Yeah, too. with all my music and all my, you know, doing all the cool, slowing down fast, making things all cute for social. So, you know, those are some of the things I use, um, like probably on a, a regular basis. Social media, 100% Instagram right now for you. I am. I'm trying. Every time I look at Twitter, I be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't you know. You haven't gone over to TikTok yet? I, I do a little ticky talky, a little talkies. Baby, come give me something. <laughs> like that's, that was like the first, you know, I was just reflecting on how COVID to me really Man. drove everybody to that part yeah. of the world, you know, and having everybody dancing and shimmying and shaking on um on social media. Um, But I do a little, my son, he's big into and TikTok. TikTok. He, they love I think that's a little bit of the younger kids stuff. But I've been seeing some people flourish and doing their thing yeah. on TikTok. So I do a little of everything. I'm trying. I, I think, you know, a good advice that someone gave is find a platform, dominate there, and then move on. I just haven't been able to move on. I've still right. been on Instagram. I'm like, let me be with my little Instagram. I'll stay here. I'm a picture storyteller and, and it's really important. Yeah. It's, it's good to do what works for us. Well, sis, thank you so much for joining us on the Girl CEO podcast today. Anytime. I this love you. This is my pleasure. I love you I'm too. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, can you let everyone know where to find you and where to come and get their mess in the bottle? <laughs> yes. You guys can find me on social media at Mess in a Bottle um, or on our website, www.messinabottle.com. Perfect. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.